0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. Hope you're all doing really well. I hope you're doing better than my poor little chicken in the backyard there. I went away for three days the other day and uh, put him in the coop. I came back and his eye was apparently gone. It appeared to have been gone. His head was bleeding. I mean, he had a rough couple of days, so I've been nurturing him back to full health. And I mean, I'll do the same for you if, if you were caught in a chicken coop being beaten up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where we're going there, but I'm just trying to say I care for you. I'm glad you're here. You're here for a good day, I tell you that much. Bobby Sandu is coming at us from Austin, in Texas. He's there as a uh, competitive jujitsu fighter. Do you say jujitsu fighter? I'm sorry for all the jujitsu fans out there. What I'm trying to say is he practices jujitsu. is uh, a He's also a comedian. He's a very well-spoken guy. I always enjoy conversations with him. He's, that, he's one of those guys where you know you get in a conversation with some people, and all of a sudden you're speaking about the complexities of life, and you're not just talking about you know how much you can drink on a Wednesday. I'm, I'm, not, I'm struggling with the introduction a little bit, but what I'm trying to say is that kind of guy you can get through all the BS and you can have a real conversation with, and I like that. I like that kind of guy. He's joining us today. I, uh, I've wanted to have him on here for a little while. We've just been trying to find the right time. It's the beauty of technology is that I can be here in Australia. He can be in Texas, and we can have a great conversation. Uh, he's there for a jiu-jitsu competition, which he's fighting again on Sunday uh, always easy guy to talk to today. We chat about um, the art of jiu-jitsu. We speak about how it correlates and transfers into other areas of life. We talk about the training element, the mindset element, um, the appeal to him in the sport, the, the constant learning that is required to improve in the sport and it's interesting because throughout the conversation we often refer to how the approach to jujitsu or comedy or whatever else is a pretty healthy approach to life if you can do it well. You gotta you gotta learn from your mistakes, come back better, stronger, make the changes that you need to make. So um hey, I'm really excited to bring this one to you. It's his first time on the show. Really good guy, really switched on unit when it comes to comedy, when it comes to jujitsu, when it comes to a whole heap more for that matter. Welcome to the show. The great man from Austin, Texas. Bobby Sandu. What are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. Dude, you're in Austin, Texas. I keep seeing your your good-looking face pop up with a a tournament that you're a part of now. I was trying to navigate whether you'd moved over there or if you're just there for a fight or a few fights.
1: I've been here now seven months, obviously split up because I've got a – I had just an Esther before, so that gave me 90 days to be here and uh, this time I have a six-month visa. I plan to be here till July, so in total I'll have spent a year here
0: in Austin by the end of that, yeah. Far out, man. And you're there, is it specifically for your fighting, or is it a strategic move with comedy as well? Because, man, you're the kind of guy, I've seen your face around a few times, obviously, and there's been plenty of sets in Melbourne that I've appreciated and liked, and I always enjoy uh, when you're in the room, so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to sit down and have a chat with you, man, and I've seen a few of your Instagram things coming through, and I'm like, "All right, there's a there, there's a little spark about this bloke that I wanted to to uncover a little bit more." And bro, I don't know if you know, but my background is in uh, the distance running scene. So I used to run at a fairly high level in the world of distance running before I got involved in stand up. So whenever I meet someone competing at a high level in whatever it is that they're doing, I just I feel like there's an immediate level of respect, but also curiosity because it's, I find it interesting how much. Um, just discipline and training and, and and certain um approaches to whatever sport or whatever activity is that you're a part of seem to correlate so well with each other so dude, give me the um give me the rundown so was it a, a comedy move or a, a a jiu-jitsu move that that got you over there in the, or you just listened to too much joe rogan and you uh, jumped on
1: uh, definitely a jiu-jitsu move i um i was doing a lot of like uh like Buddhist style meditation retreats and that's, you know, that's a pretty, it's going to take up a lot of your I was, I was living at these centers, so it was like a full-time commitment. That's all I was doing was trying to get good at like a mindfulness, like meditation practice. And then I was actually in a, a lot of these facilities, they take your, like, they keep your phone, so you don't have access to a phone. So you just, one of the days when I did get the phone back, I saw there was a tournament coming up, uh, usually held like Uh, somewhere in Asia, and uh, it's a very prestigious tournament. Um, Occasionally, Aussies will win it. It's a pretty big deal. Only a handful of Aussies have won it. And that year, in a few months, it was going to be held in Australia. So my thinking was the money I would have otherwise have spent to travel to Singapore or someplace to do this tournament, I can put that towards training and actually improving, because even though... Yeah, you get a lot of value out of competing. Being able to stay in a place long-term with some really good guys, you're going to get more uh, in terms of skill development in, in jiu-jitsu by doing that. So that was my thinking is, okay, I've got three so months. So is this an eight? Let me just kind of see. Go
0: on, brother. This Sorry, was, there's, a little, there's a little lag there, mate. There's a little lag there, so I cut you off without uh, without meaning to. I mean, it's the beauty, beauty and the curse of technology. I can talk to you while you're in Texas, but every now and then I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs>
1: No stress. No. There was a, this was back uh, about over a year ago, around a year ago now. So this is all said and done. And what else ha- ended up happening was the tournament due to co- – at the time there was still COVID restrictions. Um, they couldn't get some of the, the staff and, and tournament people in, like referees. And because of that, they pushed the tournament back another three months. So after I'd, I'd done my first little stint here, I kind of went home. And then I came in a matter of weeks I was back in Austin for another long stint of just um training and then also the the comedy I was doing on the second trip I started doing more stand up trying to get gigs in here and there the only reason is, I'm doing a lot more jitsu here is the access in terms of environment i and people I have to to people in the jiu world is very high level, but the gigs that I'm doing here are kind of pretty ordinary you know. Kind of your kind of entry level comedy gigs. So if I was if I could you know go to the Vulcan and, and do a spot with Rogan, then I would obviously fucking be going hard on the on the comedy. But because the guys I've I've got access to are just very high level in this field, it just makes sense for me to do this.
0: Mm. I think the last time I saw you, we were at the Clyde in Carlton here in Melbourne, and I uh, I just seen you and I was amazed at the size that you've put on the muscles that uh, you, you hurt my hand a little bit when we shook hands. I thought, hang on, what's Bobby done? Uh-huh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, what was that? Steroids. That's right, brother. That's right. We've got the same approach. I'm going to need that because I'm training for a marathon. So in about nine months, I'm going to have to hit you up for a script. But, uh, but, dude, you were telling me there, I was, I was asking you about the preference between comedy and jiu And I think you were saying that the main focus at the moment is jujitsu. You've got the bug. Um, and as you say, like the access that you have to uh, the, the other competitors and people training in the sport seems like it's at another level where you're at right now. Is that right? That's your main priority from... From this point, or at this point, yeah.
1: at, or just as a like focus like, phase of life, I think um, I've already got some injuries and you know the knees and that. So it's it's very difficult to just have keep up like a regiment of just lots of training, and not letting other things kind of get in the way of being the main focus of your life. It's easier to do that when you're younger. It's easier to handle training volume when you're a bit younger. Um, I do. I have heard this that you actually peak late, late twenties, early thirties. Um, but by then, there's definitely a lot of miles that you've put on your body, and it's not as bad as some of the other combat sports. Um, definitely striking and mixed martial arts, wrestling. They're also, you know, very tough on the body, also. But definitely, especially, um, I think my body type. I think a lot of like kind of lankier, longer guys, who they, they maybe don't have enough. Um, their joints aren't. As strong, you know, you get injuries and stuff, so at least for the next few years it's something I want to do. I think because it's just I, I'm more likely to be successful at, at this age, whereas with comedy, I think it's kind of the opposite. Even I think you put enough time into anything, it doesn't really matter your age, but I think comedy is something I can do in my 50s, whereas compete and compete well in jiu jitsu. I always want to be involved in, with jiu jitsu in some capacity, even if it's I'm teaching a kids' class, but. To do jujitsu and and get and be very good and be competitive against the best guys and see how good I'm gonna get, that's gonna happen like you know around this time. And there's a lot that I, I have to do that I can only do I feel like at this stage
0: of life. It's a really good point, man. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between like the physical limitations that hit you when you know you get into your. I guess it depends on on, on your age. And there's some exceptions to the rule. I'm not sure if it's the same in jiu-jitsu, but in in the running world, which I know. You have some guys who are still fairly or very elite into their late 30s. Once you hit that 40 and early 40s, I don't know what goes on there. I imagine a lot of it is actual um, your body's inability to be able to keep up with the workload. But then maybe the the mental side of things, you start to shift into other priorities as well. I I like that about comedy. That's one of the things I love. I'm 35 at the moment. I got involved in Mm -hmm. comedy at 31. And I like the fact that so long as your mind's still on, the enjoyment's still there, the work ethic's still there. I mean, there's there's not really any reason why you can't do comedy at a higher level until you're 74. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know how old. I think a bloke like Louis C.K., who's at the top of his game now, must be mid to late 50s, and man, he's he's as good as he's ever been. I went and saw him here in Melbourne, and wow. yeah, there's no no signs of slowing down. But, I mean, you put him in a jiu-jitsu ring or on an athletics track and say, let's, let's go. It's yeah. uh, in gr- fairness. I mean, he's got a pop belly, and he hadn't been alerted to the fact we were going to fight. Um, <laughs> but you put him on a stage, and he's he's good to go, man. Dude, was the uh, I was curious to pick your brain before I forget. You you mentioned these these Buddhist retreats, the meditation retreats that you're a part of. One of the things, and I, I uh, listened to Hicks and Gracie's autobi- autobiography a while ago. Oh wow! And I I got the understanding that a lot of the guys who are at the top of their game. In the world of martial arts, are, are very interested into uh, not necessarily Buddhism, but but they have some form of spiritual practice, and and that correlation between the two, uh, those two focuses that that spirituality and the actual fighting, they they seem to go hand in hand. So I was curious to unpack that a bit with you, what the inspiration, because you're Indian, dude, aren't you? Like, yeah, there's a few there's a few uh, Buddhists in India, but it's mostly mostly Hindu, I would have guess. So I'm guessing it's not like a family uh, a family pass.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I've, I I think most of the – a lot of the athletes I've met at a high level, they don't do it. So it's not something that's, that's super uniform. Um, it, uh, some, some people do find value in it. I think as a general thing, that there's been isolated things like a basketball team here in the sports world. They're working with a mindfulness coach or, or, or trying some kind of practice. What got me into it was I'm a big – sam harris guy i I like a lot of his ideas and he's kind of like a rational thinker more science-based guy that's kind of my more my line of thinking and he did it he had a basically a good pitch for it i remember i'd done the headspace app earlier when i was a bit younger and it wasn't anything like particularly crazy but I i i found it interesting this this idea of being able to absorb, uh, observe, sorry, your thoughts and and get to know yourself better, and also like, like what thoughts and feelings are, how they affect the quality of your life, you know, like people, like self-talk kind of stuff in in personal PHP, that that stuff kind of interested me. So there was like an interesting there, and I I could see how like nerves are interesting. You know, everyone feels like competition day nerves, um, and I I could see potentially how. Something like that could have, you know, like some kind of performance enhancing benefits, having some kind of a practice.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, man. It's a good way to start. I, I certainly appreciate that. Like the competitive side of things, it's weird. You can see people who train very well. I always find this interesting. Like I used to line up against people and in a training session, it was it was almost like race day. There was something about their ability to turn it on there. But then you you would line up on the track. And there was something about the atmosphere on the day, whether it was nerves or whether it was tension or whether it was um, – you can't put your finger on it exactly. But there's certain people um, – Hicks and Gracie seems like one of these kind of guys in, in my sport. Usain Bolt's another guy. You look at him and you know he's nervous and mm-hmm. you know it's a big meeting, you know it's important. But some of the guys seem to have the ability to to stand back a little bit from whatever it is that they're experiencing, whether the thoughts or the emotions or the combination of those two things – and go okay well they're there but I've still got a job to do and I always say I I think the athletes that are at the very top of the game with a few exceptions they always seem to be the athlete like Usain Bolt again they always seem to be the athletes who not only uh, are they physically the most talented on the start line but they seem to be the most relaxed like it takes a lot to to really throw them out like yeah you don't see him there sweating and stressing and Getting all up, he's usually high fiving and flirting with the girls at the start line, giving the guys fist bumps and you know waving to the crowd. And there's certainly something in that, and that was part of the reason I, I sort of got involved. And I've I've done a I've done the trial uh, on Sam Harris's app, and I really liked oh, it. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I did that. A, a, I don't know if you know um, Nathan Hugh Robert here in Melbourne. Uh,
1: I don't. I don't. Not Hugh Robertson.
0: No, nah, not Hugh Robertson. No, everyone knows Huey Robertson. Nathan <laughs> Hugh Robert is uh he's a little he's a little more quietly spoken, real humble guy, but very interesting guy to talk to. And I had him on the podcast in its early days and uh yeah, he he spoke to me about the Sam Harris app and I'd always been an Alan Watts fan. I listened to a couple of his lectures oh, wow. and wow. Uh, I jumped on the podcast and saw they had a whole collection of his. So I was uh I was I was very curious, but I sort of, uh, the the trial fizzled out, and for whatever reason, I I didn't jump on board with it. I like him too, but I haven't, dude, I came into Sam Harris with an interesting mindset because I I met my wife at a church. I'm a Christian, and I remember I used, and there's plenty that you can fault Christianity on. Like you can throw a lot at Christianity. It's not that hard if you're you know if you if you look a couple of years back and and not even that far if, you are, if you're real curious but i remember the thing that threw me off with him years ago was i heard him do like a critique of christianity and i was like dude that's the most unf- like that's a ridiculous critique and i felt like he for such a smart guy he didn't give it a real he like he was capable of a way better critique than he did and I'm like very, like i would i would never be a part of that if that's all it was and I think it left like a slight bad taste in my mouth. So ever since then, I've been like, I love Sam Harris and I know you're smart, but I just, when I hear his voice a little bit, I still, maybe I need to do some more meditation, bro. I still get like a little bit riled up. But um, he's, to get back to my original point, he's he's definitely got an incredible capacity to break down complex ideas and help. That's what I noticed with the trial, help you break down these complex ideas and, and sort of implement them. And I like the way he walked through a meditation technique because it wasn't that, I've got bro. I've got such a low tolerance for that real woo-woo in-your-face kind of oh, spirituality.
1: That's the same as fake martial arts, you know? Like there's nothing irks me more.
0: Oh, dude, I've watched a couple of Instagram clips and the martial arts videos are the things that get me inspired to try because I'm like, if this guy can just touch the guy on his left shoulder and that guy does a backflip and gets thrown into the wall, I'm real interested. <laughs> but it's, it does your head in, huh? And
1: partly people, people sometimes will say to me, oh, Bobby, like why do you care? Like why do you go so hard on it? And I'm like, I know the benefits that a serious athletic, uh, any athletic kind of skill, even like running. I know how much mentally, physically, even spiritually, something like that can do for you as you stick with it and how you grow and the, what it makes you. And I'm like, this is pretending to do that, but it's, it's, it's a, a fraud. Like you, what you're getting, it's, it's not what you're promised. Whereas you could just, there's people who could, you could just do rugby and you'd be in better shape to defend yourself than going to a martial arts expert and, and you know, doing martial arts training. So that's, and, and I'm sure they don't believe that. But if, if a, a real athletic rugby player just ran through one of these people, they wouldn't have any idea how to stop it. And if, as someone who's supposed to specialize in self-defense and you're telling people you have that uh, skill and that's your, you're qualified to do that and you know, you put ideas in people's head, you make them think they're more capable than they are. They're in a situation where they could have otherwise avoided the situation, but they think, oh, I'm a fucking Kung Fu purple sash. You know, my fucking seafood told me I can fuck people up. <laughs> 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 like that's extremely dangerous. I worked, um, my family was a they had a convenience store and I was given like some new staff to talk about. Like if anyone ever rocks up here with a weapon, you hand the money over, like, you know, mess around, whatever. This guy who is skinnier than I am says to me, "Oh, I've done ninjutsu, and I can make my hand like this, and I can poke through leather, leather. <laughs> and if a guy came in here with a bat or something, I know how to take care of it." And I was like, "Really? If a guy came in here with a bat, you could take care of it?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I could. I, they've been showing us." And I said to him, "Have you ever even tried this with a pool noodle?" Has anyone ever tried to swing a pool noodle at you and have you successfully avoided being hit? Because I think if you ran that experiment 10 times, I I did a thing here in Texas one time. We had like a, we're going to say it was a pretend pistol. Um, And we were mucking around with like my friend was a two-story house and my friend was hiding somewhere and I would have to go point it at him and say bang, bang. And my friend was like, he, he's a, like, world champion grappler. He's insanely strong, like, in the weight room, and the guy puts his hands on you, it's ridiculous. Even for myself, he's that much better than me, I've loved you to do it day in, day out for almost a decade. I had the gun, and not once when I had the gun could he take the gun off me without me going bang, 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 and it was the same vice versa. And also, even though I know it's a fake gun, just the tension of having to be so quick and whatever, it's a... It's an impossible situation, even with extremely trained, capable people. There's nothing you can do about it. So even that mm. he thought he could, you know, it's 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 very dangerous to walk around thinking you can. It's like imagine if you thought you were a great swimmer, and then you jumped in a pool of water thinking, oh, fuck, I'm made to do this shit, and then you you drown. Not only that, you could kill other people. You're trying to save other people. Very
0: dangerous. It's very funny, man. I don't know what that is. There's there's people in every industry that have that reputation of trying to make it look easier or trying to make themselves look better or and you're right until it actually gets put to the test it looks very very impressive like i've seen those instagram clips and i'm 30 35 years old and i watched those i was like wait a sec like is this is it like a legitimate magic power because i hadn't done any jujitsu <laughs> training i was like okay this guy this guy's it but then bro the same thing's funny like i i started going to church at a pentecostal church and as a result i went down the pentecostal rabbit hole bro you want to have some fun one day? Type in Pentecostal church services, um, just on YouTube, and watch some of the clips that watch some of the clips that come up there, bro. Like, there's some real interesting ones, and there's some real interesting interviews of people. Go, yeah, look, I just got caught up in the moment, and I had the full control of my body, but everyone else was falling down, so I thought it was the right thing to do. And it's just a, it's funny, man. Like, there, there's so much, uh, not, not, I guess it's corruption in a way, like in that. In that context it would be corruption when you're messing with people's spirits and minds and things like that. But it's just funny that people believe it. I've got a two year old boy and like I go in and tell him I can put my hand through concrete and he goes, Dad, you're my hero. And that's okay because he's uh-huh. two years old. But it's weird yeah. to have me in front of a computer, thirty five years old, looking at this bloke, flicking a guy in the back of the head, and this guy does four somersaults and land on the top of a car. I don't know I don't know what it is that make people believe that, bro. But what just as a bloke who's been involved in jujitsu for ten years, it just it just grinds your gears, huh? Because you know how much work actually goes into uh, and the limitations of that work to an extent.
1: For sure. You think, um, you just think, like sometimes I see an Aikido studio right next to a Jiu Jitsu or a Muay Thai gym. And I'm like, you could, you you're, you're spending, it's the same investment in time. It's a very similar investment with money, but the outcome is so, is drastically different. It's worlds apart. And the other thing is just, delusion, like there's something about I think it goes back to the meditation thing, you want to kind of know what the truth is, like at least you want to be aware of, like we, no one wants to be deluded, no one wants to be, you know, under like the spell of thinking things actually different way, that's yeah mm. and that's on top of that point, like, man. you just see, it's just a look silly it's, it, you're like what are you doing what are you doing, and it's also it takes I I guess it doesn't really take respect away from the people who actually can do things, you know. Because that is the thing. If there is enough of a disparity in skill and athleticism, then you can make that stuff work. So John Jones can do, he can do whatever. He, He probably could death touch a lot of people, you know. Like a lot of people, like let's say if it's like a disabled guy or a small woman, like they're fucked against John Jones.
0: You can do whatever movie you wanted to. Yeah. It's so true. I like that Joe Rogan joke uh in his in his special from a couple of years ago where he's talking about how like just the difference between men men's strength and women's strength and John Jones yeah. is that magnified. That where he's like, bro, I could what you think like I could bash a thousand of my wife and kids. Like, even if I was sick, <laughs> I could I could say like it would be so easy. Like it's a it's a clear disadvantage. What's going on there, bro? Like when you watch uh uh I don't know what you call them and I don't want to call them a master because clearly by your definitions there's there's no mastership going on in uh, maybe a master manipulator or whatever. <laughs> but what is going on that people are buying into that? Like they stand on the mat and the bloke touches their shoulder yeah. and they feel the need to do four four rolls to the left. I think we're not
1: as um, aware of how like all the mental changes that happen. Like obviously, you know, you feel like the same Tyson you did 10 years ago, but you're obviously a very different person and as is everyone. Um, so all those subtle changes, it's like, you know, when someone gets taller, the people around them don't notice because it's very small, subtle changes. And I think when, in any environment and community you're a part of, that begins to mold you, irrespective of what it is. And if it's a cool place, you kind of stay cool and you you just don't notice all the little changes that happen to you. And I think that's just, its its it was, I'm sure there was great, Evolutionary benefit to that because then if it, people have similar beliefs, some similar ideas, and similar actions, people get along really well, and there's a lot of strength in numbers mm. um, and I think we're just we're not we're just not aware to the extent because i I just look at my life you know the things that I'm doing, the person that I am in austin is ab is absolutely different, you know when you're around a bunch of comics. What do those people value? So obviously you want to, you know, also be valued. So you're going to do the actions that create value. So, you know, if you're if you're around, like I, I had a housemate, and before long he was doing jiu-jitsu. Why? Because jiu-jitsu people coming in to the house all the time. He ended up getting on stage. Why? Because he's around. We're around comics all the time, and we're we in at in, at and around yeah. places that do those. Environment and community, I think they're huge factors that, that drive um, action and habits. So I think that's something you could, you know, if you if you wanted to, I don't know, be a long-distance runner, if you can put yourself in a position where you're around a long-distance running community and environment, it's going to be way easier to do that. Like it, right now, it's so natural for me to just get up, wake up, you know, bathroom, eat, and just go to jiu And that's just – it's the most normal thing in the world to just do jiu-jitsu every day, to spend hours doing it. And it is – oftentimes it is boring and just, you know, monotonous. Um, Even though, you know, when you're learning and stuff. But sometimes you just have days. You're like, oh, again, again, again. But that's just standard way of living. And if you're lucky, you just – I was thinking about that today even. I was like, man, I can't believe I was so bad for so long and I stuck with it. I guess I mean – and hopefully in five years, I look back on where I am now and I have the same uh, idea. Um, but, yeah, just that long time, long time. And then over time, you hope, okay, and eventually you, you will get really good.
0: Yeah. I always call it like it's it's perfect in comedy. You kind of bomb your way to the top, don't yeah. you? Or you, bo- you bomb your way to wherever it is that you decide that that's far enough for you. Sometimes you bomb so much, you go, I'm not interested anymore. Sometimes you bomb and, as you say, you look back and you're like, <laughs> Like I've heard comedians who have been in the scene for a long time say it's weird when you see a new comedian get up and then you come back and watch him 10 years later and you go, wait, what happened in between that? Because this guy is exceptional. Like it's really interesting just to see the people who who they get up. And, I mean, this applies to your sport and, and comedy, I imagine. You get up, you do something, you do it wrong, you get hurt or you get embarrassed, you go back, you watch the tape, you make an edit, you go back, you try again. And it's just that's I've got like this little slogan that I I live by with comedy it's just like um, you write you perform you edit repeat and that's all it is like that's all I got to do I've got to write perform edit and repeat and it's amazing if you can actually do that Like the editing part is the frustrating part for me sometimes because it means you have to go back and look at all the things you did wrong and you go oh man I'm so shit like I can't believe how bad I looked in comparison to whoever else was up on stage or whoever else I was fighting or running against but like without that honest feedback and reflection on what it is that you put out there, good luck trying to improve. Like it's easy to put your head in the sand and, and just pretend it's not happening. But if it really is, like surely the best thing for you is to is to have a mirror pointed your way so you, can, so you can adjust it.
1: For sure. It was actually nice to hear that just because it's also a powerful framing to go into something where there's a great expectation, you know, you really want to win or you really want to perform at a certain level and you fall short. And that, the other thing is the wave, waves of morale. Like, to be able to stick it out, you're going to have to go through a lot of failure. And if you can't handle that, if you, you crack, then you can quit. And nothing is more dangerous than quitting. That's something, you know, some of the top coaches in the sport will talk about is like, your body might be very weathered and tired, but watch the mental fatigue and find ways around that. Because if, if the mind, if the will to continue goes away, then it doesn't matter the state of the body but if the state of the body's rough you can recuperate whatever whatever as long as like the most precious thing you you have that will make you a champion is the will the will to want to want it you know to want to be good to want to win and that's why I think it's it's, it's special cuz I'm sure a lot of people could become world champions in jiu-jitsu MMA you know maybe um they're 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 healthy. They're born. They're healthy. They're just around. Happen to be very easily around people who are very knowledgeable, and it's all there. But for whatever reason, maybe they go on into a different sport or whatever. The main thing is they didn't they didn't want to. They didn't have any interest in that. Maybe they didn't have an interest in a more highly paid sport or whatever. So I think anyone who has that, people who have that, like want to really be good at anything, that's awesome. It's a it's a huge blessing to have that because that's that's really the main thing and maybe potentially the only thing that you need. But of course, like you said, a million stars have to align. Like the things that the mm. people at the very top, everything's dialed in and that's why they're at the very top.
0: Yeah. It it's interesting, um, going back to what you said about your housemate who got involved in stand-up and jujitsu, that proximity to power or that proximity to talent or whatever it is you want to call it is something that stood out to me in the Hicks and Gracie book. Like, I don't know, their dad was a a very, uh, he had some powerful venom and he put it in a lot of women. And he had, had, I don't know how many kids they had, but bro, I think it was like, I want to say more than 20. I want to say more than 20 brothers and sisters. And like the whole crew, it sounded like from the time they were born, it was pretty much like, all right, hey, this is what Gracies do. We We fight um and we adjust and we we go through that whole process we were just speaking about before and it's amazing like I don't know how many world-class fighters came out of that family but from what I understand like at least three or four of them were considered like world world world-class and it's maybe no surprise because like you say like if they've they've got the influence of the people around them who are already a part of it they just live and breathe jujitsu they got that desire naturally if you've got any talent like that's gonna start to come out in in that environment but I like your point about the that mental fatigue it really is the thing that stops people hey and that's that's one thing I've noticed in comedy is a lot of the people who stop they don't stop because they don't love comedy they stop because they they find it difficult to navigate their way through that constant disappointment and there's so many times I'll get off stage and I'm like oh that one's gonna hurt tomorrow morning that's <laughs> gonna be painful when I wake up and think about that was my Thursday night experience but um there's a weird, I don't know if it's the athlete in me, but there's like a weird, sick part in me that appreciates that, um, that bombing. Because I know with each bomb, if I'm, if I treat it well, yes. like that, that literally is the, 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 gateway into improvement. Cause you can go, oh, like what, yeah. like you, you looked at your shoes the whole time, Tyler, so you look very scared. Like, let's, don't do that again. And that
1: <laughs> mindset, the, the thing you said earlier about like the, the, the failure is actually the, what you want. That's the progress. That's, even reminding yourself of that is huge because otherwise, it's like I, I need this. Or I've said that to myself, I said that to myself with that t- particular tournament that brought me to America. I wanted to prepare for it. I was like, Oh, if I quit this, I'm qu- if I lose this, I'm gonna quit jiu jitsu. I've had enough, I've had enough, you know. And luckily, you wait and you're like, You go back to it, you go back to it. But yeah, what got you involved originally in jiu jitsu or comedy? Jiu jitsu,
0: in jiu jitsu, yeah.
1: I saw a uh, fight at school, two football players, very athletic and they, they didn't have much technique but they were just swinging wild punches at each other and I was pr- very small, unathletic and I kind of just I didn't really think much about sport and physical stuff and I realized I was like, if I'm in that situation, I've got a problem. I realized, I was just like, if someone swings, because I, I, I knew I wasn't at that time capable of moving my body in the way. Because just by watching those two, I could tell they had to be, you know, explosive and fast to to be able to throw punches. And I was like, okay, this is probably not a new problem. I went home, I Googled top 10 deadliest martial arts. Number one was ninjutsu. So I'm like, I'm going to learn ninjutsu. I rang up a school, uh, I was 14 And they told me ninjutsu is too deadly for a 14-year-old to learn. And that saved my life. Otherwise, I would have never learned anything. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a local school and they had uh, like a big billboard that was on my – I could see during my bus route to school. So it was was close by. And my idea was I'm going to learn this pussy MMA shit until I can learn ninjutsu. And uh, that's when I discovered, you know, jiu-jitsu, progen, all this stuff. And that was the one I, I went – I thought I was more into jiu-jitsu. It was just much easier than – it was just physically easier to do the movements than anything else. Uh, lot, all other martial arts – that's actually a weird thing. In boxing and wrestling, a big part, even in Muay Thai, a big part of the session is conditioning. So you might be doing sit-ups, rope jumps. You're doing a lot of like, like just basic conditioning workouts. And in jiu-jitsu – it was it was like roll on the ground, roll your back. It was very, it was much easier to do. And now a lot of school, you don't even do warm ups. Like it's there's the pros and cons to that. In jiu-jitsu, it's unique because the quantity of information you need to have is extremely high. That's not to say there's a lot to learn in, in, in all of them, but even in running, like you know, like people, I assume there's only so many ways you can really run. And there might be some, I'm sure there's technique too, and there's some differences. But in Jiu-Jitsu, it can be wildly different. In MMA, even more so. But I think in Jiu-Jitsu, because there's, there's not so much striking, you could have two guys and they're going in, in very different ways. So that's a unique... Hmm. That, that's also why there's way more opportunity for someone who wants to teach Jiu-Jitsu because there's just so much more information. And also, it's because there's so much to learn, not everybody can get very competent in all the areas. So you can have your own little niches that you can be good at. Learn, yeah, it's very... Sorry, said that last part again. The the project of like learning jiu-jitsu and devising a style. That's very interesting. It's, it's a very interesting project. It's like it, like it could take decades and you and I can come up with very different end pieces. Even though we're both doing jiu-jitsu, the actual things we're doing,
0: techniques we're doing could be
1: worlds apart.
0: Yeah, ma'am. That's interesting. That is interesting. And it's interesting. I am a running coach and I understand like there are small elements of technique that you can change to make yourself more efficient. But when you see someone run, you recognize it and you go, okay, like that's uh, pretty much if you look at a field of runners, you go, okay, they're, they're all doing pretty much the same movement. Mm. So you look at a jujitsu and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the thing that stands out to me or the thing that I've heard about jujitsu as well, it's not only the movements that you're you're trying to navigate your way through, but it's also the speed with which you've got to adjust and respond to a particular move that yeah. comes against you. So obviously you've got your technique, but then like with the competitor that you're trying to go up against, you have to adjust and navigate your way through that fight, not just with what works for you, but what is the most effective way to counter their move. Is that is that right? If you can distill it,
1: like distill all of it into like a two sentences, It'd basically be one, having very good memory, so you can know basically all the moves. Like what are all the plays? What do I do in each situation? And once you have that, then it's just a matter of identifying the situation and doing the correct response. Because there's like yeah. it's all it's already been worked out basically in jiu-jitsu. Like that's the difference between jiu-jitsu and I guess comedy. Like comedy you have to write your own joke. In jiu-jitsu, no, you what you have to do. Is just do what the best guy in the world is doing, and try to replicate it as close as to that, accounting for changes in body type. But if 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 the guy you're replicating it and it's going to work really well for you, chances are you're going to have a similar um, physical attributes, build, limb length, etc. Mm. When
0: you basically- say it like that, I was going to say when you say it like that, it sounds as though you would expect everyone's technique to end up just being as close to the best person in the world you know, from the last 10 years. So, like, where does that um, individualized technique come out? That's where The thing is, what is successful at the highest level
1: changes so rapidly because the thing with, because fighting is the urgency with which you have to respond. Like, it's it's not as much as MMA where you'll get knocked unconscious, but there are consequences. Like, you could get your leg torn or whatever. So, as soon as something is very successful, it's like a virus where there's, like the, the people develop immunity immediately. You will not be successful doing the same thing over and over again. You have to be more subtle with it because it's just people catch on. There's, there's people right now, kids who've been pulled out of school who are watching hours of tape a day. And if they can understand what you're going to do and you're predictable, then you just develop a response to it. And then when you hit that move, that's the problem. Now there's new information in the knowledge bank. That's why the knowledge bank must be ever expanding taking on new information as well as retaining the current information <clears throat> of course some things are like the sport is newer than let's say wrestling or boxing wrestling and boxing has been worked out to a greater degree because there's been organized rule sets like with olympic boxing and olympic wrestling those rule sets have been around for longer so it's been walked worked out to a greater degree groundwork specifically at like with what the gracies did this is really like a a very more current evolution of martial arts. It's almost like, like you know, we have the water, we have land, we have the space. It's almost like a whole another area has opened up uh, that that we, people can learn about and, and do. So it's it's a very unique thing. It's it's a very amazing thing. It's definitely something I think is worth doing with my time.
0: Mm.
1: Which yeah, I, that's hard to explain to some people because obviously. Like my parents, uh, they, they, to a lot of people who just don't value it, like I remember my mom was on a phone call like she is now, like I, so, like I am with you now. And I was mucking around and I came up behind her and I grabbed her neck and I like squeezed her face a little bit. She got really mad. I mean, fair enough, you probably shouldn't do that to people. <laughs> but there's a lot of people who when I do that to them, they become really happy and they really like me and they might give me money and prizes, and they think it's the best thing in the world. There's people who dedicate their lives to like just learning how to arrange their arms around somebody's neck, and this takes up hours of their time years of their life. So it's all it's all about, again, being in an environment and community where that's valued. With my mom, who doesn't really care much about jujitsu, she doesn't care about how crisp and clean my naked choke was, you know? <laughs> A lot of people. Like they would, they would pay a lot of money to like learn exactly what to do and figure things out. Like it's all about what you value. Mm.
0: What's the what's the separation between time that you're actually practicing physically, like on the mats, rolling with other athletes, and the time that you put in studying? Like is it an equal amount at home? Like the example you gave before about the young kids watching hours of tape before they get onto the mat.
1: Yeah. It really varies athlete to athlete. There are people who watch little to no tape. Um, a lot of people struggle, um, especially with phones. I really struggle myself to sit down and put in the time watching. And there, but there are people who can do watch five, eight, ten hours of tape. So those people have a very distinct advantage, at least when it comes to taking on that, increasing that memory bank. Now, you can also—it's a very unique situation but you could maybe, let's say your brother or someone in your immediate family has that information and they just tell it to you. So they spend a lot of time with you. Most of my learning has been one-on-one in person with a coach where that person had the information and there's a lot of value to that. You're less far, less likely to become distracted. If I'm watching videos on my... Overall, I think if you could just pay more attention and be less ADHD, the the, the, the medium of... of Of videos is the best because I can pause you, I can replay it, I can go over it. Whereas generally, the way you receive instruction in Jiu Jitsu is one coach demonstrating with a partner, talking it through, and a class of whatever, 10, 100 people. And because it's a class setting, sure, you could potentially interrupt the class and ask a question, but it's like, that's a, you know, that's how many times are you gonna do that? You don't wanna annoy people. Instruction is also not tailored to you. Ideally, you would have a guy who is world class, who just spent all his time hours a day with you, t- with you, um, just teaching you and then watching you, and then that would be like you have a dedicated guy. But other than hmm. that, learning, you know, I don't know, I've kind of lost my train of thought. Of I've gone to.
0: No, it's a good point, man. Like, there's so many so different you, ways to learn, and
1: I, I remembered your. Question. What's the distinction? So, yeah, it, it, it varies person to person.
0: There are obviously,
1: I think, some activities that are more beneficial than others. So just like, you know, in the comedy, writing jokes, sort of watching a stand-up special makes you better at comedy, but doesn't make you as good as getting up on stage every night? I don't think so. So I think the number one thing is turning up onto on the mats and then trying your techniques against people who are, you know, other athletes, like trying to hit the moves, and then building that up is the process it's like same as taking like a joke like taking it and then making it like a great joke is I have to take a technique and then I have to slowly start with people who are vi- who are not very good and hit it on them and hit it on them and then slowly slowly build up until hopefully you get a move that it's so, you're so good at it you could potentially hit it on anybody in the world
0: yeah so that's actually a, a pattern of improvement you'll start a new move with someone who's not as experienced as you
1: yes that's why those people are very important it's not just the people in the room who are, you know, who've got decades of experience or extreme skill, you you need to have all of the ranks so you can slowly, and you need p- people to give you specific reactions to techniques so you can learn how to overcome those techniques. Because it's always an exchange at a high level. I do something, you do something, I do something. That's actually, a, a, I'm pretty sure, a Helson Gracie quote. Jiu Jitsu is I do something, you do something, I do something, you do something forever. Because if we're good enough, it's like a 10. I won't drop the ball, you won't drop the ball either because that's 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 a go. And that's why you can have just jitsu matches that are hours and hours long, though it's not usually the format, usually the set time. But you can have matches, I've got friend, friends of mine who've had matches for hours because you just keep outplaying each other. And sometimes you're really good, you negate each other's technique to the point that some, something meaningless does play uh, more of a role. Because if, if we're both so good, then a 1% advantage, like being more flexible, having better cardio... Being more hydrated, I don't know the, the texture of the mat could have a, an impact on the on the outcome.
0: Yeah, man, it's such a wild sport. I love that quote. Like, I do something, you do something. What a cool way to put it. What is I love I love a good simple breakdown of what could be a really complex conversation. I do something, you do something. But if you want to know more, ask me questions. Like, <laughs> there's so there's so much within that. So dude, tell me tell me a little bit more about this competition you're you're in Texas for at the moment. It's uh how far into it are you? It looks like you've had a few fights already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm
1: just here at the B team, you know, part of the the day-to-day schedule, the classes. Um I've got a a guy on Sunday who's um a pretty tough up-and-coming guy. He trains at the other big uh, sort of one of the better-known gyms here in in the world new wave jiu-jitsu with um John Danaher and and Gordon, so um yeah look it's i i honestly i i definitely i really respect this guy he's, he's super tough and i'm just curious to see the outcome you know so it's cool it's it's a i definitely don't have the same kind of opportunities um back in australia that it's just i'm not in a place where i can be around so many jiu events like there's competitions here you could compete three four times a week where Back in Australia, you know, it'd be hard to do that a month. Like, there's competition, they're less so, it's harder to get to, you know, you've got to travel more, whereas this, this place is really a hotbed of training. There's so many good gyms here because these guys have just rocked up and now there's just such a, a flight and even Austin, the city, there's so many people here from everywhere and the people who are very, many of the people around the world who are very serious about whether they whether they're in Florida or Europe or Australia or wherever, they've just picked up their stuff and come here because it's like who better to tell you how to do it than the person who's done it
0: wow so is that a recent move because i know every comedian in the world's gone to texas or going yeah. to austin just because it's the new hotbed and man if it wasn't so far away and i didn't have such a good relationship with my mom and my family for that matter i'd be uh, <laughs> i'd be right there with you but i think it'd be tough to explain to my wife and two kids why moving to austin texas i think they'd have to uh, they'd have to come <laughs> with me but um have you have you noticed uh, or, or have you heard that like a whole lot of people from different fields um, have come there recently or has it always been known as one of the go-to places?
1: No, I think if you, I mean, it depends how long back you go. I speak to people who were here, you know, a decade ago and obviously there wasn't that. Uh, for years I, I'd heard on the Rogan podcast, I'd, I'd hear about Austin here and there and people would say it was a cool place. I'm sure a lot of the locals probably didn't even like them mentioning that, that it was a kind of a cool, hip place, always like a kind of a liberal city in a, in an otherwise conservative uh, state. Um, but more more recently, for whatever reason, I mean, oh, I just know it through podcasts and kind of the comedy world because I'm in that, but people have been flocking here. Um, I'm not too sure why, but I see I, I, I meet musicians, uh, Uber drivers, because I'm getting around in Uber, so so many of my Uber drivers, they're trying to become comics, they're trying to become musicians. This is apparently the live music capital of the world. You know, it's a lot of people here for jujitsu. And yeah, I think a lot of it, this a lot of people came here because this place really stayed open through much of COVID, which I know you had your little
0: <laughs> Did you
1: see that? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I love it. Much of a pussy to
0: oh, No, I would have been if it was your status, I wouldn't have gone near it either. I would have said no, Bobby and can get stuff, Bobby, he's in it by himself.
1: They're like, You gotta get the injections to get to Austin. I was like, um I was we were all it's amazing. It's only it was only you know that's such a short period ago, of how fed up we were just being put in freaking pens,
0: uh, dude. It was it was wild. It was so wild. <laughs> it was so funny. Like that that status that I put up. I thought when I put that up. So like a little bit of context. I was freaking out because I was listening to what's that North Korean chick's name? She's living in America now. She's been on yes. Rogan once or twice. Um, I know. Anyway, I was. I was listening to a podcast with her and Rogan, and this is in like lockdown five. And I was like, all right, no one, no one is uh, seems to be asking any questions. So many people I knew, and so many of my friends were like, okay, well. I guess we just keep locking down for as long as they tell us to, and I was in there going, I can't fucking believe what is happening. Like it was staggering to uh, me, yeah. the, bro. Like uh, more context: the first, the first lockdown, first two. I was right there with everyone. I was like, "Hey, I'm getting home. I'm washing my hands to my elbow. I'm changing my outfit. I'll listen to what you say." You After cool. about three, I started to go, "Hang <laughs> on, what what are we doing?" Like this, and I started to hear about places like um, yeah. like Florida and Texas, and. Oregon uh, or Southern Oregon, where my brother is, my brother in law is, and these people just laughing at Australia, and I was starting to get wow. all embarrassed. Anyway, then this podcast came out, and this chick started talking about the gradual tiptoe of the North Korean government um, into this full blown dictatorship, and then I went down one too many rabbit holes and started oh. going, "Wait, what is? Are we going? Is that where we're going?" <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I could have done with like a little bit of meditation it at the time, but so- I remember getting home, I actually pulled my car <laughs> over, I. Oh, sorry, you go. Yeah. Go on. No, you go on. You pull your car over. Oh, sorry, bro. I lost you. There's a little lag just there. Um, yeah, I pulled my car over because I just had to get it off my chest and I put that status up. And I remember I got home about 45 minutes later and the, the thing had just blown up. Like apparently every comic oh. in the world loved it. Um <laughs> it just it was and but the thing was I was getting so many messages from people going, bro, I'm right on your side, but get stuff, I'm not I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. And I was like, no, I don't blame you, I wouldn't touch it either. But um yeah, bro, it was I don't know what made me go down that rabbit hole or what you just said, but you you triggered a nerve in me that um yeah, it was it was uh oh that's right. That was one of the reasons that that um sort of Austin got like a little bit more of a reputation through lockdowns because um, they had the flip side of the coin to what Melbourne decided to take. So, yeah, I think I moved out of Melbourne with my family. I'm in Point Lonsdale now. I'm I mean, actually in Queenscliff, which ironically, okay. and I have no problem with this, is the most vaccinated area in all of Australia, <laughs> which is so ironic that I moved wow. here. But I moved here <laughs> with the intention of just escaping some of the crazy, also the oldest population, I think, in a lot of towns in australia but then isn't it funny bro like i, I we won't go down the rabbit hole because everything will get deleted off youtube if you talk about it but um <laughs> <laughs> now even uh, i was laughing because even my mum a couple of uh, about six months ago who was like Tys, i didn't know you're an anti-vaxxer i'm like mate look at my first kid like he got his vaccine i am now but originally i wasn't yeah, um but uh, yeah. it was funny now yeah, she's like yeah i don't think i'll get the fifth one and i'm like hang on a second like you were calling me crazy for not taking the health advice just just a couple of years ago, what are you doing? You got to get the fifth one. You got to stay loyal, mate. Anyway, bro, you've you've unpa- you've unpacked some tap uh, some pent up emotion within uh in wow. the body of Tyson Fofflestone I didn't know that was still there. They,
1: they can they can get away with anything. We think we think. Oh, how did they do it? How did they kill all these people and do this do that? If the time comes, if the circumstances are correct, I always think I'm like. You know, if the Chinese invaded, I'd be speaking Chinese. You know, it'd just, it'd just yes. be how it is. And if, unless you're, like, they are, they are obviously people who seem to be built different. There's, like, heroes who seem to do incredible things in incredible times, but far out, yeah. I, I've been watching The Last of Us, so I'm in a bit of a dystopian kind of thing at the moment.
0: <laughs> what's, it, what's it called? What are you watching? The Last
1: of Us. It's a zombie thing.
0: Right, I need like to a check it out. Maybe, give me, maybe give me another six months to start watching it. It sounds like I just need a little bit more breathing space before I start getting should, out these zombie apocalypse shows.
1: You should go do a class. Go do a trial somewhere. Try it.
0: Dude, I think I will. I think I will. I've been saying this for a while. Like, I know I messaged you a few months ago. I'm very, very keen to get my, my boys involved for the same reason that you mentioned uh, your desire got triggered by a, a, a school fight. I like the idea of... I love the idea of discipline and respect, and I love the idea of like the confidence that it will still in my instill in my my two boys, hopefully, to know that in a lot of situations they can um, defend themselves. But also just like the physical benefits. And my boys are both like they're they're just just stereotype boys. They're like they're ADD. They have got so much energy. They need to do something with it. I'd rather him I'd rather them have like a really respectable figure who's dedicated his life to teaching or fighting. You know, trying yeah. to just guide my boys in in these areas and, it, and i don't know if this is true all across the board but it also seems like a sport which garners it seems like a very respectful sport i've I've learned, heard a lot of um martial artists speak like across a, a breadth of different formats and a lot of the elite guys they seem to be very thoughtful strong fit yeah. respectful people and they're, they're all things that, that get sort of the tick of my approval
1: i've i've got to go soon but i'll i'll leave you on this I think it's, I compare it to like basic arithmetic, like there's no way you would let a kid get away, uh, you know, get out of primary school, not know how to do basic, you know, 10 plus whatever, 50. I feel like not knowing how to get out of, if people grab you in certain ways, how to break their grip, if someone's holding you down in, in specific ways, how to get up, get away from that person, you know, how to, correctly cover up your head if someone's punching you how to throw basic one-two punch i think a lot of this stuff should just be basic know-how as as a human being like as as a as a human being there's only so many ways that are really effective in like restraining people or in in those kinds of situations or how to correctly position yourself if you think someone might hit you they're about to hit you and that stuff could easily be you know the most information the most important information you need to know in a given situation now the question is how likely is that situation you know and we thankfully we live in pretty good times and it's, it's, it is pretty unlikely in fact I think if you're more likely to get injured by consistently training a combat sport than you are not doing it you know because most people don't get maimed in some kind of physical altercation but of course that's where the other benefits of it come into play all the mental and, and spiritual
0: benefits Mm, yeah well said bro well said man well dude i'm not going to hold you up i know you got things to do. what time is it over there now 6 15 I've, I've got some people waiting for me dinner time dinner time brother you get out there man thanks uh, thanks so much for coming on good luck sunday brother good chat thanks brother take care. right back at you man see you later